Warning, the views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of Clan Imperial Guard, Radio Link Net, or their sponsors. This show is intended for a mature audience only. Parental discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Listening to the Emperor of Clan Imperial Guard in the Emperor's Court, powered by the Clan Imperial Guard Online Gaming Radio Network. Yeah, baby, that's the way I like it. All this energy calling me back where it comes from. It's such a crude attitude. It's back where it belongs. All the little kids growing up on the skids. You're going Cleveland Rocks, Cleveland Rocks. Cleveland Effect, this rock, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emperor of Clan Imperial Guard coming live from Cleveland, Ohio tonight. I know it's we've had a two-week hiatus since last we spoke. A lot has happened between them. We have a lot to get to tonight, so let's get started. Real quick, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, theharborbluegroup.com, for going and posting the bills and paying them for both the website, uh, our ever-increasing large database, as well as our shoutcast you're listening to this evening. If you are new to the court, this is what it is. The Emperor's Court is an internet gaming radio talk show. We go over pretty much all the big events, uh, big news items, and things that are going on in the gaming world. Obviously, this show started off as a World of Warcraft talk show many moons ago, but it's since evolved into something of a, a bit of everything. So, hey, feel free to join us. If you want to get on the conversation tonight, it's easy. Join us in irc.solidirc.com. We are in channel 1G. That's the number 1 and the letter G. If you want to get into the conversation other ways, you can hit me up on AOL's Instant Messenger at EMP, the number one, the letter G, or you can hit me up on Xfire at Emperor1G. Any one of those, you want to get your comments in. If you wish to send me an email, perhaps you want something to uh, say, maybe it takes a while for you to uh, put out your thoughts, maybe something that occurs to you after the show, you have a comment about the show, fire me off an email to Emperor1G at Cox.net, C-O-X.net. Yes, Sentin, that is correct. I wonder how they're doing. I haven't actually stopped back there in quite a while. Mm. At any rate, ladies and gentlemen, here's what's on tap for this evening. Well, quite a bit has happened in the world of Warcraft. They have released their Battle Plan 3, where they go ahead and detail out uh, all the things that they've done recently, as well as the things that they have planned for the near future. We'll go over that, too. Blizzard's Battle Plan for the World of Warcraft. Also, the Mage Review has been released for patch 1. Point, was it 1.11? Yeah, 1.11. And I got some thoughts on this that I want to get on here. I know the mage forms have been a river of flame. Well, I, I have to say there's some very good reasons for that. But we will get to that a little later on, too. So the mage review, as well as Battle Plan 3.0 for the World of Warcraft. Rise and Fall, I finally gotten able to play the demo, and I have some thoughts on that. Matt Clock's been bugging me about the friggin' demo for Rise and Fall. I have played it, and let me tell you folks, it's a game that I very well may go out and buy. It's an excellent game. I think you're going to like it, uh, especially if you're a Dynasty War or Rome Total War fan, either or both, which I happen to be both. We'll get to that a little later on, too. And, of course, another big issue, another big news event that has just started within the last two days uh, is that Vigil Gaming... For those of you who do not know who that is, I'm sorry, yeah, Sigil, I'm sorry, Sigil Gaming, I, I was looking at the wrong thing. Sigil Gaming is the makers of Vanguard Saga of Heroes, which is a game that we reviewed uh, several weeks ago as an up-and-coming MMORPG that's actually in closed beta phase at the moment. Recently announced that it has signed a deal with Sony Online Entertainment, so that they're ditching Microsoft as the provider uh, and shipper of the game and are picking up SOE instead. So, holy shit, you think the Blizzard forums are bad? Wait till you see this. So, people are up in arms. So, again, a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. 
Uh, real quick announcement, too, I want to get to uh, two announcements, actually. One, I want to get a huge shout-out and congratulations to our buddy, uh, Idiotech, or also known as Air for Life, the show host of our downloadable Warcraft 3 show called A State of Warcraft, which you can find on our website at 1GReborn.com, where you can find all of our shows archived, actually, in the audio forums. Recently broke 1,200 downloads. Now, why is this significant? Well, simple. One is we don't do a whole lot of advertisement yet because we're still working on uh, the website I'll be uh, launching for the Radio LinkNet, which is where this show will be the flagship show of that network. All right. Second part is it's a downloadable show only. It doesn't air live. It's from an Australian on a, what's essentially a clan server. Granted, it's a big clan server uh, or a clan website. We have a very large community. Yes, Senton, you could see me bitching quite a bit in this one. <laughs> well, uh, yes and no. At any rate, I want to give congratulations to him. He started off with like you know 60 downloads, and f what 15, 16 episodes later, 16 weeks later, he's over 1,200. That's pretty significant, folks. That is a big jump. So our congratulations go out to him. Second big announcement is that recently, actually, as of earlier this week, uh, myself and some of the guys got together and we started talking about what how things are going in the gaming industry, and so we've been you know debating what. This is going to be the next big game we kind of jump into. Because we have really haven't been committed in any one direction in quite some time. Um, yeah, Neba, I'll go with you as soon as the show's over. Um, we had done our stint at Empire at War, but to be honest, there just wasn't a whole lot of uh, competition there. We pretty much slapped everybody down. Uh, so that didn't last more than three or four months. We abandoned that. Uh, obviously, Rise and Fall coming out, that looks to be perhaps a future. I know Warhammer starting to pick up some momentum. Uh, that's war, I forget what the acronym is, but the Warhammer's MMORPG is getting ready to launch. Uh, it's been in, uh, I believe, several weeks. That, or actually a couple months, I'm sorry, I'm, I've got to get that right. In a couple months, and that is picking up momentum, that's getting some attention. At any rate, what it all comes down to is this. We recently decided to go ahead and reactivate our accounts on World of Warcraft on MagTheridon. So, we have started playing MagTheridon again. As a PvP guild. Now, a couple of us, uh, actually not me specifically, but someone has been using my account. My brother-in-law uh, was running with another clan of MacTheridon, which recently blew apart in the middle of a uh, Blackwing Lair raid. And he shared with me some of the uh, details of that. And, my God. In a way, I am very glad that we never became a huge raiding guild. It's just... Uh, some of the stuff just really amazed me. Some of the conversations I heard, you know, people screaming at each other, and, oh, it was a mess. At any rate, so that's imploded. But my character did get some, a couple cool pieces of gear, which is nice. At any rate, we have two big mergers going on. Actually, as soon, one week back, um, a lot of our guys are reactivating their accounts. We're starting to come online. Uh, we've got two guilds, which will be, will be taking on their members this evening, who will be merging with us. So we're becoming a powerhouse overnight. Now, when I say a powerhouse, I'm talking... PvP-oriented. We're looking at about 50, 60 active members tops. You know, we're not putting our sights on Molten Core just yet. We're getting ready to hit Zulguru, you know, Anchorage 20, things like that. But primarily, what we're going to try to do, at least in theory, is we're going to try and revive World PvP and force people to come out and meet us. Fight us in the field, maybe attack Ironforge, something along those lines. Something to get uh, this game kickstarted. Look for some entertainment in a few other ways other than raiding the same shit over and over and over and over again. Yes, a shout-out to Tiroth uh, for getting that uh, stuff working. Yes, for working out the mergers. Congratulations, Tiroth. Yes, 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 for performing 60 individual blowjobs. Congratulations. No, but uh, good job. At any rate, that is ongoing. So a lot is going on around here in the clan site, uh, especially World of Warcraft-related. If any of you want to jump in on MagTheridon, I don't know a couple guys, uh, a couple old clan members and friends of ours from other servers have reactivated and made new accounts on MagTheridon and are working their way up from scratch. Um, hey, you're more than welcome to. Uh, if you want to be thrown on the clan roster, we'll throw you some money, throw you some items, get you going, because, and this will come up to Battle uh, Plan 3.0, which will segue into it right now. Uh, one of the things they talk about in the battle, the battle plan that Blizzard has released 3.0 is uh, the discussion of moving uh, cross-server uh, cross transfers. Basically taking a character from one, uh, from one server and putting it onto another. Now, this has been promised I don't know how many different times. It's going to be a fee-based system. Basically, how this is going to work. I pay 40 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever it is to Blizzard to move my character from you know one of their shitty servers to another shitty server of my choice. I guess within 
certain uh, within certain restraints. For instance, they're not going to let everybody go into Archimon, which is you know a server that's already you know, besieged by too many players and too many problems. But what they're doing is they're saying it, uh, and this is a quote from Drake, who apparently is one of the developers of uh, World of Warcraft, quote, scheduled to go live this summer, this feature will allow players to move their characters within certain restrictions to a realm of their choosing. This means that players will now be able to join their friends on other realms without the need to wait for a preset mass realm transfer. In addition, this will continue to contribute to a balancing of the player load from realm to realm, which again is a specific way for us to reduce realm queues and lag. Now I've got to imagine if they're going to help, if this is going to somehow help balance out the player population uh, of different servers, they're going to have to regulate so many lines can transfer to you know this server, so many horde can transfer to this server. Uh, there's going to be huge problems. I, 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 unless they can have restrictions on where you can go, how many players can go, etc. Alright, and of course the IRC channel is hot and heavy. Fast and Furious, the Mecha, I'm sorry, the Turoth Sinvicta feud continues. Sinvicta pointing out that he gets pussy, whereas Turoth does not, but is one. Mmm. That's hard logic to beat. <laughs> uh, folks, if you want to get on the IRC, you can join us on irc.solidirc.com. Solidirc.com in channel 1G. Yep. Anyways, I'm going to go ahead and close the IRC down. Not close it, but minimize it, because that the conversation is getting extremely entertaining to me and, and, and comical, and if I do that, I'm going to be completely distracted to my monologue here. And God forbid, you know, a radio talk show host being uh, distracted during their monologue. Uh, other things that they're doing is they mentioned that they're making new zones for the Burning, Cru Burning Crusade. Apparently, uh, they're expecting to increase the entire landmass of the game by 25% with the expansion. So... I guess that's a significant chunk of change as far as land goes uh, for an expansion. Maybe I was looking for a little more. I'm not really sure. You know, 25%. To me, a finite number doesn't mean much to me. I've got to be able to see it myself and, and run around to see exactly how big it is. Anyways, to go on to say about the dispersed population, they're working to try and get some of their uh, their networking problems fixed. They've opened up 22 new realms uh, since January 1st. Granted, half of them have low populations and are screaming for players. They won't open up transfers except for, you know, friends of Blizzard or uh, employees of Blizzard who are in them, in those guilds, to open up the uh, realm transfers for them. There's, of course, always that. Uh, they're saying they open up a new site. So they're trying to open up a new one by the end of May that will hold approximately about 40 servers each. So they're looking to expand, uh, add some more servers, which is kind of weird if you think about it. The game is actually starting to decrease, decrease in size as far as uh, um, online members go, active accounts, at least in North America. And yet they continue to open up new realms. Now, hey, I'm all for opening up new realms, especially if people want to get a, a fresh new start. However, stop opening up new realms and not offering character transfers. Okay? It, it's real simple. You've got plenty... I mean, you've got the Terrible 20 uh, servers that are down again this week. All of them have queue lines. Open up these new realms and put in transfers. You know, maybe you should have some kind of incentive plan. We've gone over this before. And, of course, some of you can say, well, Emperor, the incentive of no lag is enough incentive. Well, clearly it's not. People don't want to leave their current server. So if Blizzard is going to fix the server, then they've got to find another way of getting them off there. And, again, this comes down to what can you offer a player to move you know, from one server to another, You know, enticing them, perhaps even forcing them. Maybe make it a random lottery. If your name's randomly picked, you get shoved off onto another server. Actually, not an IRC. Very okay. Uh, uh, granted, that's an extreme me measure. I, they couldn't possibly get away with that. I mean, their credibility and, and their uh, reputation has already taken such a slam. You know. And there's something that's that somebody posted, and it's funny because this is in a different. Uh, this is actually on the Vanguard um, forums, and it's a comment that somebody makes. And I think it really fits. It says. Uh, Take World of Warcraft, for example. This is in regards to the uh, SOE and, you know, uh, single game uh, agreement. He says, take World of Warcraft, for example. Great original development team, but most walked out after release. A dodgy live team was assembled thereafter, and World of Warcraft has barely evolved since release. I guess that's what it really comes down to. What it really bugs me. 
is that the game itself hasn't evolved. There's, I mean, there's nothing's changed. Everything is static. It's, it's the exact same thing. You release a new 40-man raid dungeon. Well, that's great, but that doesn't change the way the game is played. There's nothing new here. I mean, the PvP they promised months ago was under review. I'm talking, you know, prior to, what was it? In July they had made this mention that they were on, I'm sorry, June. I'm looking at my notes here. It was June that they had made mention that they were reviewing their player's player system and that renovations, changes, and alterations would be coming within the next few months. Gents, that's almost a year ago. We're all a month away from a year ago, and that has yet to take place. What does that tell you? Anyways, this entire battle plan goes on to say that, well, first they brag about um, having opened up Anchorage uh, in the war effort that they released, the new dungeon armor sets, which people apparently don't like the graphics of, and I mean nobody, not a soul, likes them. They've done the Paladin and Priest, uh, priest talent reviews. Obviously, we all know what happened with the Paladin uh, talent reviews and the shitstorm that continues to this day. Uh, the linked auction houses, which I guess were cool. The weather effects, which I've only ever actually seen once, was a nice uh, a nice addition. I suppose in that way the game has evolved, where they're you know, adding weather effects. Yay. The Paladins continue to complain, saying that they got the short end of the stick as far as their review goes, and I guess to a degree they have. But I still say, look, you, can, you get a free horse. Even your epic horse is less than half the price of everybody else's. You can uh, shield somebody, you can shield yourself, you can heal yourself, you can heal somebody else, you get a full heal, a ranged stun, a closed stun, I don't know, like, what, three different stuns? You can wear a plate. It's like, shut up. I don't want to hear it. But they continue to bitch. Killer and Tiroth chiming in, saying that World of Warcraft has actually de-evolved. Uh, instead of evolving or staying static. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I would say that the game philosophy in itself has devolved into the Raider mindset, but again, that's a topic that we've discussed ad nauseum and no reason to go back into it now. Now, the battle plan, here's what I was looking for in their battle plan. It's something that, to me, is lacking. It's the fact that they don't really have anything about the upcoming uh, edition of Next Ramus which apparently is going to have a 20-man and 40-man dungeon. All right, that's going to open up in uh, the Eastern Plague... Was it Eastern Plague Lands? Yeah, right above Stratholme. And supposedly that's going to uh, that's going to come out. That's the next major patch. There's no mention of any kind of, of PvP upgrades, uh, updates for their rewards or new battlegrounds, world PvP, getting rid of the signer kills. I mean, there's no mention of any of that which is very aggravating in and of itself. Um, the only thing they talk about this entire thing is upgrading the authentic, uh, authentication servers, which is cool. You know, this week, by and large, there have not been any real problems other than uh, those uh, 20 servers that got that, for whatever reason, they got some kind of corrupted file in their database and they were down for two days, but they got their money uh, refunded to them. They got an extension is what it comes down to. But, you know, authentication issues really haven't had a problem. You know, the authenticating, handshaking, disconnecting part of it. Uh, by and large, server uh, lag hasn't really uh, been an issue this last week. And how sad is that we got all excited for a week of no lag? I mean, when did this kind of, of service become acceptable? Or even exciting? It's like, hell, I got to play this week without having an 8-second caster lag. Oh, I mean, when did we settle for this? Killer Frog saying he loves how they put in weather in Anchorage when most people are lagged out, uh, already uh, lagged to hell because of the raids. Well, you know, people kept bugging them for weather, and they added weather. I actually saw it storming in Strang uh, Stranglethorn Vale once. Yeah, that's about it, as far as me go, you know, finding, seeing the... Uh, seeing the weather. They make mention of uh, their weekly maintenance, how they're trying to uh, streamline that to make it uh, so it's less time. Well, it's funny that they keep saying they're trying to make it less time when each progressive week adds a couple hours here, a couple hours there. Each week's is longer than the one previous. It kind of makes you wonder. So this entire battle plan is all about the servers and upgrades and stuff like that. Now, here's where I'm trying not to be a hypocrite. 
I have been screaming, we all have been screaming for these kind of moves and additions and upgrades to be done since the game was released in November of 2004, almost two years ago. And now that they're finally starting to do it, here I am saying I'm disappointed because this is all the information they released. Well, as Blizzard has been has always said and trumpeted to uh, anybody who will listen, is the fact that they have different teams working on different aspects. Well, that's good. I'm glad to see that your networking team isn't a bunch of illegals who are scared of getting uh, arrested and head, heading to the border every time your server goes down. That's great. What I want to know is what your content team has been doing, what your art team has been doing. You say that, Drake, I'm addressing this to you, saying that your people are hard at work at the Burning Crusade. That's nice. The last five-man dungeon was released in March of 05, over a year ago. When is the next five-man dungeon coming out? Oh, wait, there isn't one? Burning Crusade? I see. So we'll have waited mm, almost two years before we'll see another five-man dungeon. But hey, good to see that you're busting your ass first to getting Blackwing Lair out, then Anchorage, and now Next Ram is coming up next. Wow. What other kind of casual content are you coming out with? Drake? There's no mention of that. You're not? I see. Very interesting. Somebody actually brought this up if we're going to discuss E3. Well, and the thing of it is, and we're going to take a little side, a little, uh, 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 side shoot here and talk about E3 for a second. E3 is interesting to me this year because of the lack of information from a lot of companies coming out of it. This is one of the, one of the E3s with the least amount of hype behind it that I can remember uh, in recent years. And that's just me personally. Now, I don't go out of the way looking for E3 hype prior to it, but you can always see it when it's there. I mean, people are always getting up in arms, you know, getting uh, pumped for E3. Well, it doesn't happen this year. Now... One of the rumors that's been going out, actually, Killer Frog just mentioned it. One of the rumors going around is that Blizzard might announce uh, Diablo 3. I I would have a hard time believing that. Me personally, I do know that they have a guy who um, claims that he's been working on the music for it. Mechahawk believes they're going to announce it for the Xbox, uh, rather than putting it on the computer and fighting themselves for comp- uh, for competition. I can understand that Mechahawk, and I can I can see the logic behind that, and that uh, they don't want to compete World of Warcraft against Diablo, even though you can say that they're apples and oranges. They're both PC games you can play online, so you don't really want to compete fighting your dollars. You want to go after the console market because people who own Xboxes don't necessarily own computers. No, Mechahawk. Megahawk says, contrary to the popular belief, the 360 is a fine system and plays games well. Bullshit. Contrary to popular belief, or unpopular belief, it is not a fine system. It has a horrific lineup of games, and is extremely overpriced for what it is. Now, what the reason why I find this hard to believe is the fact that Blizzard just announced that they're killing StarCraft Ghost, and that they're going to look for the next-generation console systems. It's a little early to be announcing Diablo 3 for... Uh, a console system in its conceptual stage. I gotta think that they've gotta have something concrete before they make that mistake again, because their credibility took a real beating. You know, the trumpeting uh, StarCraft goes for three years, four years, and then all of a sudden it's vaporware, and you kill it and say, "Oh, it's never gonna come out on uh, consoles." Yeah, way to go, Leth. By the way, we're back on Mac Theron. I'm not. I'm. Oh, game.org, blah, 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 could not be found. Great, why don't you send me a link that works, jackass. Well, the problem is, Meghawk says that the 360 is a great system and will play the games well when the games come out. Buddy, the system's been out for how many months? They should have had these games lined up to go to begin with. The problem is, a lot of developers don't want to make games for the Xbox. That's what it really comes down to. That, there it is. That's the long and short of it. A lot of developers don't want to fuck around with Microsoft or the Xbox. You want to know why? Because the money is in the PlayStation. That's where it comes down to. Folks, don't send me messages asking me how to get in on the, for the clan of Mac Third and now that we're reforming and opening up recruiting. Uh, see me in game. There we go. Thank you, Leth. I'll go ahead and take a look at that. I'm, what the hell is this? Oh, I see. People are sending me all links. I don't know. I trust you. Oh. Is this anything like that one other space game I played at one time? 
In O-Game, you are the Emperor. Yeah, I know that. I don't need uh, some other website telling me I am the Emperor. I know. Fanboys. You know what? That's the biggest... I, we're getting way off topic. I'm going to run with this. The fanboy remark to PlayStation uh, owners and, and people is a bunch of bullshit, and here's why. You want to talk about a company, and as much as I hate Sony Online Entertainment, you got to like their division that makes PlayStation. All right? That's brand loyalty, and you want to know why? It's because the two consecutive systems that they brought out kicked ass. They had great games. They ran very well. Great graphics. Great music. You could say they revolutionized the way console gaming was done. Okay, that's just wrong. Thank you for that, Killer Frog. You sent me a Photoshop called Mage Review. Buckle up, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Or it's going to be a rough one. It's an orc sodomizing a gnome. Uh, that's nice. So, <laughs> it's kind of the truth, though, if you think about it. Web browser online game? Yeah, I don't think so. The fact that the Xbox, the reason why a lot of people don't like Xbox, and it, I will say that it has a lot to do with Microsoft who I personally don't have a problem with. My problem is that the Xbox and the Xbox 360 were extremely overpriced. Tiroth agrees with me here. It's extremely overpriced for a very shallow uh, roster library of games. I mean, other than Halo, name me their, their big standout uh, standalone game, their own franchise. I mean, there's very little I can buy in the Xbox that I would want to play that I can't already go ahead and buy on the PlayStation. But the PlayStation 2 was backwards compatible, meaning I could play my old PlayStation 1 games when I, you know, was so inclined on the PlayStation 2. That's brand loyalty, buddy. That's what it comes down to. People who are willing to invest money in a sure product that they are know of, they're comfortable with, and doesn't change a great deal as far as the setup goes. Remember, they use the exact same controllers from one system to another. That may change with the PS3. We'll see. My point is this. I invested my money and my loyalty into uh, into the Sony's PlayStation, and so far they have not steered me wrong. If and when that happens, then I'll look to change companies, or unless Xbox can offer me something else. Publicity it has nothing to do with publicity. It has everything to do with the games that I like to play are the ones that Sony PlayStation carried, and you know what? Prior to that, Nintendo carried the games that I like to play. A lot of those companies jumped ship and they went to the PlayStation. And I liked that when they jumped ship because the games they put out in the CD format were fantastic. And that's great, Mecca. Unfortunately, one or two games that the Xbox has that are good is not enough for me to overturn the variety that uh, PlayStation makes that I like. I can spend the rest of the day talking. We've, go back and download one of our classic consoles. We're going to have to agree to disagree with this one. And actually, actually this is a... Uh, a very good conversation to get going. We'll 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 do this at a later time. Xbox versus PlayStation uh, 3. Of course, Tear Up brings out the Nintendo Wii, which is going to be a, a Wi-Fi, a wide uh, network system. So they trashed the Revolution name and picked up Wii. W I I. I don't know why. Don't ask me. I, you know, you, I want to shoot the guy who, you know, thought of it. Even worse is you get the guy who thought this is a great idea. By God, Jenkins, that's a fantastic idea. Run with it. Super Smash Brothers, get away from me. I'm re I'm revoking your dude license, killer. Seriously. Smash Brothers? <laughs> Says I. No, I'm not going to whatever Kingdom Under Fire Heroes website you want to go to. It's probably some porn site anyways. Here's the anime porn of Kingdom of Under Fire. There's a lot of Oblivion mods. The Sentino is actually breaking the conversation. Send me a link uh, at OblivionSource.com that has a ton of Oblivion mods. I didn't know there were any mods for the one-player game, but I guess there are, so that's kind of cool. So check that out, OblivionSource.com. There you have it. But I think we'll, we'll revisit this at a later time. Star Fox was... All right. I guess it was okay. Well, you know, Ian has it. He says, Nintendo caters too much to the children. You know, and that's the case. Back in the day, Nintendo, when they first got going, it's because of my generation. We're the ones who were the young kids that bought into Nintendo at the time. Super Mario Brothers, Final Fantasy, Link and Zelda, Metroid. We made Nintendo the powerhouse that it was, that it put Atari out of business. Well, at least in a head-to-head -head standpoint. The problem is that we grew up 
And as we grew up, we demanded games that were more adult-like, catering to our, you know, a higher level of maturity and intelligence. The problem is Nintendo never really seemed to realize that. They didn't care. In their eyes, what made them rich were the kids bugging their parents for the money. They failed to realize, though, as an older uh, generation of kids, or uh, I'm sorry, as a generation who had got older, guess what? We started get you know, we were in high school, or we started going to college. We have jobs. We have ex- um, expendable income, disposable income that we're looking to spend on entertainment. We grew up, we are the Nintendo generation. We never got out of that, or at least very few of us. We continued to want to play games and be entertained. So we had money in hand looking for games, and guess what? Mario th- you know, 3D isn't going to cut it. Or any of the other uh, kitty games that the Nintendo 64 came out with. And that is the difference, and that's where Sony took off. Because Sony started making games with a more adult, mature content. That is the difference, and that is what they continue to do. Nintendo, unfortunately, is now playing catch-up. And that's the biggest debate is, you know, the Grand Theft Autos of the world. Are games becoming too adult? Are they becoming too mature? Are they becoming too R-rated? And, you know, and that's... uh, a very credible debate, and that one we're going to we're going to take now. But that's my point, and I think that's from Nintendo diversion where they lost the business, where they lost uh, the stranglehold on the market, is the fact that they continued to market to kids, thinking that would keep them afloat and keep them expanding their business, and they missed their target. Sony didn't. Sony saw it and hit it right on the button. All right, Santino says that those mods are everything from effects to making characters naked. Okay. Final Fantasy made PlayStation. Ian or Ian, I would say that they help one another. Final Fantasy VII definitely pushed PlayStation to the top of the market. Followed very close to the Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind that that's true. But at the same time, there were other games that were on uh, the PlayStation that made like uh, um, what was it the uh, my God, my mind has just gone nuts. Not nuts, but it's just gone blank. Full, like fully loaded. It was a great shooter game that came out with the uh, uh, with the original uh, system. That was fantastic. Panzer General, which is a very popular war game that was for the computer, was ported over to the PlayStation and did very well. Panzer Dragoon for the PlayStation did very well. Those were two big names that had made that had jumped ship and were converted and did extremely well. Um, there's another one, Twisted Metal. The driving game was fantastic, and it was extremely popular. You know, the fighting games like Mortal Kombat, you could actually, you know, have blood. Uh, Street Fighter 2 and Street Fighter and all their different turbo varieties. Those were other ones that, that found a home on Sony's PlayStation and did extremely well. Uh, you're right, I would contend that Final Fantasy took them from a successful company and made them the established head of the market. Square did that for Sony PlayStation. But you know what? I don't think they could have gotten there if they had stayed in Nintendo 64. So I think the technology helped them. It was a mutual, it was beneficial, and it was mutual, and it was great. And it did revolutionize games the way we see it. Now, to get you on with the conversation, we have two major points to get to. Uh, I'm sorry, three. Rise and Fall demo, real quick. Um, not a whole lot to go into because the demo was, in, in my way, in my opinion, rather limited. But I did thoroughly enjoy it. And... It was, yeah, the Driver series, Syndicate puts out Driver, where you're a getaway driver, uh, and you actually got to go through a variety... Oh, Gran Turismo is another one. The driving game, you can uh, customize and buy all the different cars. Anyways, Driver is one where you're a, a criminal, or you're actually an undercover cop, and you're trying to get into this criminal syndicate, but you got to be the driver uh, of this getaway car in order to do that. Resident Evil was another established franchise name. I mean, these are franchise names and titles exclusive to the PlayStation at the time that made the company what it is, or made the game uh, system what it is. We're getting our head of it, or we're getting behind ourselves now, moving, jumping ahead. Rise and Fall. Definitely worth the game. It's very seamless transition. Like I said, there's two aspects to the game. One is the overall macro command, where it's very similar to Rome Total War, where you have uh, miniatures units, blocks of soldiers, and we're talking ancient warfare. Romans, Egyptians, Persians, Babylonians, that type of shit. All right, and you have lots of them, and you can command this vast army. However, at any one time, you can go Dynasty Warriors mode, where you kind of you hit a button and it you know it's it zooms right into this you know 75 degree angle third person view of your character up close and personal. 
and you take command of one of those, one of the heroes of your faction, or the hero. Like, it'll be Julius Caesar for the Romans, or Cleopatra for the Egyptians. Not necessarily very historically accurate, but very fun. They've got cool moves and special abilities, and you can do spells and stuff like that. It's most certainly a game to pick up if you're a fan of, like I said, either of those miniatures war games or the Dynasty Warriors types where you take control of a historical character or uh, you know, a hero to you know, have a direct hand in the way the game is, uh, the outcome. Another example would be like um, Wing Commander Armada for anybody who played back in the day. Or um, what's another one that was like that? Where you could actually command the fleet but at any one time you could take command of like a ship. I, I think it was Armada that was very much like that. Uh, back in the mid-90s. That was extremely popular, like 94, 95. That did very well. That was actually also was one of the first online games you can, where you could command different ships and fight each other. That was kind of cool. So Rise and Fall, the demo, if you haven't picked it up, definitely try it. I think you're going to like it. I don't know if it's going to be a huge blockbuster smash that uh, uh, I'm sure the company is hoping, but I can see it being a very solid addition to the RTS market. Uh, seeming, you know, getting there with Dawn of War and everything else. No, no one's played My Heroes of Might Magic 5, the demo, because they, the company um, got a nice big fat petition of 250,000 signatures by the people who beta tested it saying, please take the game back, fix it before you release it, because this is trash. It's pretty bad when these diehard, hardcore Heroes of Might and Magic fans tell you to go shove it up your rear end because the game you put out there is trash. It barely works. It has huge bugs. This is something. This is a new story we uh, actually hit on uh, quite a while ago, but uh, it, it still rears its ugly head now and again uh, as the debate continues. Now, on to one of the uh, two other major topics we had to get to this evening, and one that we have not gotten to. Uh, we, we are going to go a little more in depth on Vigil. Uh, I'm sorry, Sigil and the uh, SOE uh, company. Anyways. For those of you who are not aware, earlier in the week, IGN got the exclusive scoop from Blizzard on the Mage Review. Now, for those of you who are not aware of the World of Warcraft, Mages were the next ones up, next class up, uh, to get their um, their class reviewed and tweaked and what have you. This has been a long time in coming, at least for us Mages, myself being one of them. This has been coming for uh, some time because a lot of most of the other classes except I think Rogues and Shamans, and now Shamans will be getting their review the same time we are, all got their reviews, all got buffed and tweaked and everything else, except us. And we've been the world's punching bag in this game for far too long. Yay. Here are some of the patch notes that are very interesting. <clears throat> Arcane Explosion is now instant cast and will no longer remove the presence of mind effect when used. Sinvicti wants me to know the Final Fantasy XI expansion is ungodly badass. I would find that hard to believe considering how many people came to hate the game and the unending grind that it was. But, I don't know. I bought the game, played the first month, free month, never played it again. Which is a shame, because I'm a big Final Fantasy mark. Evocation is now available to all mages via the trainer starting at level 20. So, you just saved yourself six points that you can spend on other than you know, other things. Here's here's one that really blew my socks off. Conjure Food now has a new rank, rank 7 spell, available in Stratholm. I'm going to read this again. and listen closely. Conjure Food, rank 7, new spell, available in Stratholm. If you ever needed any more proof that Blizzard wants the mage class to be a walking vending machine. This is it. Actually, some victim I pointed, yes, WoW is an unending grind. The difference is I can turn around and kill somebody and go in different varieties of gameplay when I choose. That is not offered in Final Fantasy. It's far more static and linear than World of Warcraft, sad as that is. I can also progress much more quickly in World of Warcraft in comparison to Final Fantasy. The logic is not flawed. You're simply looking at it for one aspect of gaming. There is more than one viewpoint for gaming. For instance, I find it far more entertaining to kill you or other people than I do a monster who flies back and forth, unending for 24 hours a day in a set pattern. You cannot do that in Final Fantasy. 
there is a distinct war going on, although it's debatable whether or not it's the world we've come to know in Warcraft. That doesn't exist in Final Fantasy. That I, do, I simply don't like the engine that Final Fantasy uses. At any rate, back to it. So, what we needed was survivability, an ability to shed aggro, because arcane resilience, or arcane whatever the fuck it was, only worked on arcane spells is only 20%. Survivability is what we needed, and what we've been asking for. An ability to shed aggro was the second big topic that mages needed. Needed. Suffice to say, before I continue, we got neither. But we did get another food spell. So we can pass out to all you other assholes and cheapskates and raid who didn't bother to bring your own and buy them. The PvP in, in Final Fantasy XI is very is new. Is extremely new and very and that is flawed and very unentertaining. I've seen it myself, not played it, but I've seen somebody play it, and it's not that the World of Warcraft's uh, PvP system right now is very entertaining. One of the reasons why we restarted our accounts too was because we're going to uh, deviate from that. As far as you know, going into world PvP where you know that isn't necessarily uh, what uh, Blizzard wants us to do. But that's neither here nor there. Let's continue on our way. So continuing on, Frostward now is a new rank, rank five, as item loot in dungeons because you all know we need Frostward. You know because you know when that warrior comes up and crushes my skull and uh, he's using frost in some way, or you know when the rogue comes up and cheap shots and then backstabs and then gouges me. Uh, and everything else, you know. He's using frost. That's going to help me. Mana shield damage taken will now be absorbed by other absorbed spells, i.e. ice barrier, power word shield, before being absorbed by mana shield. Okay, so we get the double dip. That helps. But the mana shield is a flawed system in and of itself because the only thing we have is our mana for spells. So... We have a choice. We can either live for three seconds and have our mana drained with no chance of firing back, or we can fire at you in the hopes that we can kill you before you kill us, knowing that there's no possible way we can do enough damage prior to that, especially now that the uh, trinkets have been released, or have been tweaked from uh, mages. The uh, trinkets you get out of uh, Zogorub and other ones that increase your damage for a variety of seconds. Okay, here's two big ones. Listen. Dampen and Amplify Magic have had their healing and damage reductions increased and decreased, ranks 3 through 5 and 2 through 4. That's right. Arcane Subtlety, which of which used to shed 20% of our aggro using arcane spells, has been changed. It now reduces your target's resistance to all your spells by 4, 7, and 10. And all your spell criticals by 17, 34, and 50%. Look, this is insignificant, and I'll tell you why. It's because you can no longer go into it. It's the same reason why I didn't go and buy the Sage Blade, which is what I've been saving up for. Which is a cool uh, caster sword, which reduces your target's resistance by 10. It's a simple fact that you can no longer go into negative resistance. I'm a Frost Mage. You know how many people are wearing Frost-resistant gear? Nobody. And won't be until next Ramus comes out. And when it does come out... Trust me, the people I'll be fighting aren't going to be the ones wearing frost gear because they're going to be spending their lives in next Ramus. So, if I can lower your resistance by 40, but your resistance to frost is already zero, tell me what the hell's the point. The only thing that this may help is to uh, take it on against uh, fire, uh, if you're a fire mage. So, I reduced my target's resistance by 10. So, it drops from 250 to 240. Yeah, I'm guessing he's probably going to resist my uh, spells just as much. Bullshit, this is a better review than it was before. Improved Arcane Missiles. Alright, that hasn't changed. Wine Specialization hasn't changed. Uh, magic Attunement increases the effect of your Amplify Magic. Who cares? Alright, here's where Arcane Explosion has changed. You can still spend 5 points into Arcane Explosion, which is now instant. What it does is it increases your chance of getting a critical strike by 1%, 2%, all the way up to 5%. Yeah, no one cares. Now, this is the one that really kicks kicks ass and beats mine. Arcane, or Evocation, used to be in, in place of this. It's a Tier 3 spell. It's called Arcane Resilience. 
increases your armor by an amount equal to 50% of your intellect. Now, don't ask me who did this because I don't remember, but somebody actually took the time to find out what gear in the game gives you the most intelligence, that being the Netherwinter set. If you take a full upgrade in Netherwinter set and everything else that gives you the most intelligence, and you do 50%, that would give you a whopping... 177 armor. 177 armor. We asked for better shields or a better escape or some kind of survivability, and they fucking give us 177 armor if we are decked out in tier 2 gear. Killer, how can you tell me that that is good and keep a straight face and expect your credibility to stay the same. And this is what, I'll, what talk radio is about, folks, is disagreement. If everybody was in agreement, there's no point doing talk radio. This is what makes it entertaining. Debates. This is what makes it fun. And I'm telling you that this is a giant dildo up the ass of the mages to tell us that this is our answer to survivability. And you know what, Sarek, that bastard, may he rot in eternal hellfire, is on there saying, well, this is your uh, survivability answer is an extra armor. Somebody do the actual damage mitigation of what 177 armor is going to do for us against a guy carrying an unstoppable force. Oh, I know. It's been done. You know what it is? 177 armor reduces our attack or the attack of the melee guy by 27 points. So if I put all my points into arcane resilience, I can reduce the damage I'm being slapped around with by the guy I can't see until he's already poking me in the back with his knives of 27 damage points. Hey, Killer, I don't want mages to be powerful either. Too powerful. I want mages to be able to live more than three seconds before they're wiped off the face of the earth. Because that's right now about the average living time. And I, that's not too far from the truth. I don't give a good goddamn uh, player versus environment, okay? Yes, I know they're boring in player versus environment. Well, guess what? In Blackwing Lair, we have no real... We have no real uh, purpose. Other than a walking vendor and a port back to town. And they're the worst in PvP. There you go. Now you know why we wanted survivability. Now you know we wanted some kind of shield or some kind of, of better spell penetration or anything. We got 177 bonus armor if we're wearing Netherwinder uh, sets. Hot damn. Arcane Meditation got a couple points percentage boosted. Um, presence of Mind, Arcane uh, Mind didn't change. Arcane Instability didn't change. Arcane Power got uh, the mana cost of 5% less. Uh, again, insignificant changes. So, so far, uh, so far pretty mediocre, huh? Okay, Fire Talents, here we go. Some changes here. Improved Fire Blast. Uh, now reduces the cooldown of your Fire Blast spells by half a second, one second, and one and a half seconds. It used to have five increments, now it's got three. So you get two extra points to spend elsewhere. Well, that's good. If I had anywhere else to spend them, that would make a difference. I would. Uh, Burning Soul. This used to have three increments, uh, now it has two. Gives your fire spells a 35 or 70% chance not to lose a casting time when you take damage. Okay, in a relevant spell that nobody would nobody uses anyways. Um, improve Scorch, improve Fire Ward, just that they free up two more talent points between the two of them. They're just shaving off a thing here or there. This is a new one. It's a new ability, and this, I think... I think could be a very good spell for mages. It's called Master of Elements. Your fire and frost spells criticals will refund 10, 20, 30% of their base mana cost. Not bad. The problem is you have to go extremely deep into fire in order to do it. And you know what? And this is just the mages, folks. If you're playing World of Warcraft and you're not a mage, this might not you know make a good goddamn to you. All right? Master of Elements is very entertaining. Could be entertaining. The problem is... You have to go very deep in the fire in order to do it. And the way fire is right now, the amount of resistance everyone's walking around with, even if you were to deck yourself out with resistance uh, lowering stuff, and right now I can reduce your resistance by 40 in my character. It, it's insignificant. It doesn't do enough. 
moving on. Combustion has been changed. You want to talk about a useless spell before. If, it, if there was a way for it to become more useless, it has. When activated, this spell causes each fire damage spell you cast to increase your critical strike chance with fire spells by 10%. This effect lasts until you have caused three critical strikes with fire spells. Now, what it used to do is when you clicked on combustion, it guaranteed a critical strike with your next cast. So, survive, supposing I live long enough to fire off enough spells to get three criticals at a 10% chance per spell. Yeah, that's cool. But you're looking at two or three minutes of life, and that just isn't going to happen. I'd rather have, even though combustion was useless, I'd rather have a guaranteed critical strike on my next one. Because I would do combustion, pyroblast, presence of mind, pyroblast. And take my chances. Uh, permafrost has been changed. Uh, the speed reduction is new. Um, they've removed improved Frost Nova. It's been uh, wiped away. They've moved uh, what was a, a, a rank 6 item to a rank 2 and being Frostbite. That way you can put your chill, chill effects for 5, 10, and 15%. It gives you like 2 extra points. Um, improved Blizzard now reduces movement up to 75% and lasts four and a half seconds. This to me is a great addition. If you guys can use, if you can use Blizzard, especially in certain battlegrounds, I think it's pretty kind of cool. You can reduce somebody to like 25% movement and freeze them in place if it gets nailed by four and a half seconds. That's pretty significant. That's nice. Now here's the thing, and this is what could make or break this entire review, and it's Shatter. Okay, it requires three points in, into Frostbite. All right. Shatter increases the critical strike chance of all your spells against frozen targets by 10, 20, 30, 40, 50%. Now, originally, what got people pissed off and up in arms because it was like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5%. It got a huge nerf, and it was just because IGN had printed them wrong. So here's the theory if I freeze you in place, and I hit you with a spell. I increase my critical strike chance up to 50% with all my spells. Now, what is what doesn't make a lot of sense and what people are still questioning, and for whatever reason, Blizzard has not commented on, people keep asking is, when it says all of your spells, does it mean all spells of all three different uh, trees? Fire, Arcane, or, or uh, Frost? Or is it all of your Frost spells only? And this is what people don't know for sure yet. If this allows us to have Shatter, and it allows us to affect all of our classes of uh, spells, let the ass-kicking begin. The thing of it is, you've got to be frozen in place, which is hard enough, but damn, that would be nice. That, to me, would make up a humongous uh, amount of disappointment that has come from this uh, major review. Uh, then it's got Winter's Chill, they changed it so it's actually faster when you cast it. Uh, Ice Barrier, it lasts 30 seconds. And this is what really pisses me off, is Ice Barrier absorbs 454 damage. Wow. Why bother? 454 damage. You know what? My level 45 Hunter is doing more damage with its critical strikes right now. Tell me what at level 60, even with the crummiest gear, is going to do less than 454 damage. <laughs> Nothing. Well, here, Killer Frog, here's the thing. He's saying Frost Nova Plus, Presence of Mine for a critical pyroblast. Well, here's why it won't work that way. Is that you have to spend so much money into Frost to get Shatter that you can't spend it in Arcane to get Presence of Mine. You can only go two, not all three. Yeah, see, Warlocks get the Void Walker Shield to absorb, you know, 1.2 thousand damage. You know, the Priests have their Power Word Shield. Uh, the survivability of mages is what really got us. That's what we really needed, and something to get rid of aggro, especially in PvE because the amount of damage we do, you know, burst damage. We got none. We got neither. We got nothing. We didn't even get invisibility, which was a promise to us. I guess it's not a horrific review. 
The problem is we majors were expecting a lot more, especially based on what Priest got and Hunter's got and Druids got. Fuck, Druids are getting, I don't know if anyone's heard this, is they're getting uh, Innervate free with the next patch. And in its place, they're going to get a skill that they can spend points into that makes their you know regrowth or regeneration a flash heal, makes it instant heal. They can do that. And Invenerate becomes, or Innervate becomes a level 40 spell that they can buy, train in. They're not even getting reviewed, and they just got two huge buffs. You thought it was impossible to kill a druid before. Try fighting a fucking druid, a feral druid, in bear form, kicking your ass and invinerating or innervating himself and healing it endlessly. All right, folks, we're running out of time here. I understand that, so let's get to it. All right, our last big topic of this evening. Sigil Games, the owner and creator of Vanguard Saga of Heroes, currently in closed beta, getting ready to launch uh, within the next six months, uh, recently announced that they have cut a deal with Sony Online Entertainment and that they that Sony will be distributing uh, their game as well as handling all billing and shipping issues, which means they'll be in charge of customer service. Yeah, you already have Nature of Swiftness, okay? Uh, getting back to it, anyways, they're dumping Microsoft. Currently, negotiations are in the process between Sony and Microsoft to uh, buy Sigil's uh, uh, rights to the game. Okay. Now, I know the alarm bells are going off in your head right now. Mine too. When this was announced two days ago, the uproar could be heard in Sigil Games' headquarters on their forums. Such was the reaction of their forum community. I mean, we're talking Blizzard-esque proportions here, folks. I mean, I'm looking at threads that say, Will you stay? Vanguard published by SOE, question mark, with a sad face. A request for Brand Brad McQuaid, which is the CEO of the company. And on and on and on. And I made this account just to laugh at Sigil. I laugh at Sigil's the guy's name. Wake up. Time will tell until they keep the faith. We're screwed. Isn't Microsoft Studios versus SOE? That's going to be a problem. I need to just go on. This one has 2,400 replies to it, and it's still going. And it's Vanguard published by SOE is the name of it. And it's like this on every single forum, not just production. It has gotten so bad that Brad McQuaid, which is the guy's name, um, the CEO of Sigil Games, actually addressed the forum community to try and calm people down because it was getting out of hand. This is what he had to say. This was posted on uh, the, later the night, that fifth, the 5th. What we have done is become the publishers of our own game. We now have even more control and authority over Vanguard, how it is made, how it is designed, and how it is marketed than we ever had with Microsoft. I realize there are lots of different feelings about SOE and their games, but whatever those feelings, the fact of the matter is that they know operations and distribution. They will make sure our beta runs the way it needs to, and that our game is widely marketed, and that our game is available all over in all channels. This is Sony Online Entertainment's role in this new partnership with them. Sigil remains Sigil, able to focus now more so on what we do best. Design, implement, conduct betas, build community, and market. Brad McQuaid, CEO of Sigil Games Online Incorporated. Executive Producer, Vanguard Saga of Heroes. I see. So, I wonder... If the people who created EverQuest thought the same thing when they made the same deal, or when LucasArts and their crew put Star Wars Galaxies under SOE and bought the same thing, they've done well with EverQuest too. Wow, I don't know, I'm sure how to take that. If they're doing so well with EverQuest too, why are they giving out free to people? Anybody. Anybody. Fable was supposed to be an online... Sentinel, let me tell you, Fable was an absolute disgrace and disaster of a game. That game was supposed to be online play. It became a one-player game because they fucked it up so bad and they fired the guy running it. So I guess the question is, is this a good move by Sigil? Dropping Microsoft for SOE? No, it's not the same group, Teroth. 
completely different. And each of those examples where, where Sony made a deal to take over a game, it started off as a customer service issue where they would handle customer service billing, uh, shipping, and distribution. And by the end of it, they were calling the shots on the way the game's philosophy had changed. The game will do this. The game will do that. The game will go over here. The game, you know, will this, that, and the other. To me, this is a huge red flag. Not that I care about uh, the Sack of Heroes. Vanguard is not a game that I will be playing. Why, you ask? Vanguard is a game that's being created and distributed mainly to the PvE rating crowd. That is what this game is being built and built. That's what this game is being designed for. They're not trying to hit everybody, that, you know, all these other different people. They're not trying to hit casuals and raiders, people who PvP, people who don't, people who like to kill monsters, people who like to kill people. They're not trying to do that. Just like Darkfall is is making sure that it's focusing itself on one genre, one niche of players, that being the player versus player crowd. They're doing the exact opposite. So to me, I have no interest in it. I would say to this, I, I will tell you, if you're interested in the way this game is going to shape up, if you're looking to maybe perhaps jump ship, leaving World of Warcraft for Vanguard, think long and hard about this. Long and hard. Because... History, as a historian, I'll tell you this, as a history, historian training, history repeats itself, and those who fail to learn the uh, mistakes of history are doomed to repeat them. Tell me this is not going to be a repeat of countless occasions before. Tell me what Sony Online Entertainment has learned since they began their projects with EverQuest. Apparently they haven't. EverQuest 2 is in such dire straits that they have been offering the game for free and have been on File Planet or whatever the hell it is, for months in an attempt to get people to come in, hoping they'll make up the money if people stay long enough by by getting uh, monthly subscriptions, which means where you'd have to buy the game in store for 40 or 50 bucks, they'll let you download it for free, but you still got to pay the monthly fee. Killer says that he has, he has a buddy in Vanguard Beta and that it sucked balls. Well, you know what, RF Online, I heard the same thing. EverQuest 2 is being run very well. Well... If that was true, then they'd be competing with World of Warcraft, but they're not. They're not competing with anybody. I mean, I've I've seen the different features they've offered. And I will say this, the EverQuest 2 does update their stuff all the time. EverQuest 2 offers the first two hours of the game for free. Mm. I think I'd rather have the ten days. No, 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 no. The game itself is for free. No, 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 no. That, okay, that may have changed here off, but when they announced this, they were giving the entire game for free. I know, because I downloaded the damn thing. I just uninstalled it a couple weeks ago, because I had to make room on the hard drive uh, so that uh, Mystic Mim could do our project. I had it on my system. Yeah, 300,000 people. EverQuest had 500,000. It's pretty bad when the sequel has less players than the original. And I'm not saying that, that Blizzard is the center that you that you have to hit now. I said the same thing with Darkfall. You don't need 6 million subscribers to be a successful game or a successful company. Ultima Online never brought... I don't think they ever broke 400,000 subscribers. And that, to me, is still the best MMORPG of all time. I don't want World of Warcraft to die. Killer Frog says he wish WoW would die. I don't. I don't want WoW to die. I want it to change. I want it to fix itself. I want it to evolve and become the game that it should be, have become. It should have been Warcraft 3 except in a one-player mode. In a one-player and first-person mode type thing. That is what it needed to be with online gameplay. It should have been PvP everywhere. It's a friggin' Warcraft. It's a world at war. That is what the entire franchise is built upon. That is what has been promised. That is not as what been, what has been delivered. In review, as I know we've gone over time here, the major review I'd say is mediocre at best. Is it horrible? No. Is it great? Not by any stretch of the imagination. The core problems that the mage community had have not been addressed. They've been swept under the rug and ignored, never to be looked at again. In a lot of ways, I can see the Paladin's point, where they had specific problems and uh, you know specific you know issues of the game that were not addressed. I can understand that aspect. 
The battle plan to me was also very disappointing in the fact that it doesn't give any content updates. Alright, I do applaud them, and I will give Blizzard credit that they're addressing and coming out to being very up forth, uh, forth and up, uh, forthright and upfront, saying that, yes, our servers suck ass. Yes, our authentication servers have, been, have had issues for months, over a year. Now we're starting to address it. Better late than never. However, I could have used something else on the content. Give us an idea what's coming up. Keep me playing. Give me a reason to. I'm hoping this this new version of what we're doing for World of Warcraft, as far as my clan is concerned, continues to make us entertaining. We'll see. It'll depend. And Sigil, I gotta tell you, buddy, uh, to the company and Brad McQuaid, I think you're playing uh, you're playing with fire here. I think you're tapping the cobra on top of the head once too often. Anyways, folks, I want to give a huge shout out and a thank you to Mystic Mim. Hang on, we're gonna push the music back here to keep going. All right, no. There we go. I want to give a huge shout-out to Mystic Bim, or my in-studio producer normally, who is feeling under, under the weather. Hope you're feeling better, hon. Love you. Uh, I want to thank all the guys from 1G and everybody else. Uh, visit us at 1GReborn.com, the home of the guard, as well as... I'm going to keep playing music here so we don't run out of time. Uh, 1GReborn.com, you can get all of our audios, articles, and everything else from other shows. Download them. I also want to thank Harbor Blue Group, our sponsors, HarborBlueGroup.com, all your e-commerce needs. And I want to say, folks, it has been fun. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoy the show. I will see you next Sunday. Yes, I know my post-game music has run out. Oh, well. Uh, topics I have not detailed out for next week. We'll get there when we can get there. Uh, this show will be archived probably later this evening and up no later than tomorrow, God willing. Bad manners are better than no manners at all, folks. So long, everybody. Go Cavs!